Good morning. It is really good to be back here. There's a spring in my step that I didn't realize I'd lost. I hope it's that way with each one of you. For those of you who are introverted, I'm sure the first few weeks were just bliss. For those of you who are extroverted, it was sheer misery. But with God with us, we don't have to be completely alone. One thing I had to think about this morning sitting here is how grateful I am for the government that God has given us here in Indiana that we can meet. I don't know if you realize, those of you who have family out of state, that there are many believers in the U.S. that still can't meet this morning and are having to find other creative ways to do it. So we can continue to remember them in prayer that God would work there, that they could meet also. But I am so thankful that we are able to meet together today. Today, uh, my understanding, it's Mother's Day. Um, I decided to have a message on mothers, and I think especially young mothers during these seven, eight weeks of quarantine have probably had it the hardest of any of us um, Just um, not being able to go away, not being able to, some places, even take them shopping has made it rather hard to find creative ways to let off the steam of your little children. So I think that young mothers have sometimes had it the toughest in the last seven weeks. But I hope that you've found ways to creatively find ways to entertain your children, even with the quarantine but today, I want thinking especially about mothers. Why did God create mothers? Could He have found another way to bring children into the world, or to bring humans into the world? Something to think about. Why did He make we, women the weaker vessel, but yet the only ones strong enough to have to go through childbirth? Um, why did he give the role of provision to fathers but nurturing to mothers? Why are mothers not mentioned as much as fathers in the Bible? Does this mean they have less value? Islam took this approach and made women on the level of animals. But yet, as we look into Scripture Let's be careful not to construe their roles being different as lesser value. So some people have then taken, have gone, have flipped so far as to say, well, women are better than men, or women have greater value than men. But to understand, in God's eyes, we have equal value, but different roles. And that's what's important to remember. Because I think when people, when women, when men, women worry about well, do women have more or less value? They forget the beauty and the uniqueness of the women's role, the mother's role in the world, the importance they have. I'm going to stop for a moment here. Gerald, Chad, is there a reason? I'm getting a lot of feedback loop here with my mic. It's driving me a little crazy, but if there's nothing you can do, I can just keep going. Is, are you hearing it too? 
Should I just try the mic, take off my headset, or... still hear me even though this mic is a little not quite as good for picking it up especially those of you on the live stream Um, if we doubt that the value or the 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 value of women or is according to their how much they are mentioned um, one example I had to think of is we hear in the scriptures much more about the mother the Mary uh, Mary the mother of Jesus than we do Joseph But yet, I don't believe that Joseph had any less value than Mary did. And so it just depends on their role. Mary had a greater, fulfilled a greater role in Jesus' life. That's why she's mentioned more. But it doesn't mean that it dictated or implied more or less value. We tend to think of God, I tend to think of God having more manly attributes. But as you look through scripture, and we're going to look through some to this morning, I believe that God has some of the God has some of the attributes that we attribute to women, to mothers, but he also has the attributes attributed to men. That when he created man and women, we were both being pulled, our attributes were being pulled from some of his. Obviously, we don't have all of his because we are not God. And we should never desire that or try to become that. But there are things that in Scripture... Turn with me to Matthew chapter 23. There are attributes of God that women can aspire to, can desire, that are good. Um, If you want to write these down, these references, I'm not going to go through and read them all. But Psalms 36, 7, Psalms 57, 1, Psalms 63, 7, and Psalms 91, 4, all talk about God being like a mother hen who brings her chicks as us, baby chicks, under the wing of protection of safety. I'm just going to read the, the Psalms 91.4. And he shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings thou shalt thou trust. His truth shall be thy shield and buckler. And now we'll turn, now uh, read Psalms, or sorry, Matthew 23, verse 37. O Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets, and stonest them which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered her chickens under her wings, and you would not. And this was Jesus talking about Jerusalem, knowing what they were going to go through a little over a generation after he was gone, that they were going to be taken over by the Romans and much of it destroyed. Many people were going to lose their lives. And God spoke there, or through the different psalmists, spoke often of that, that he had that nurture, God has that nurturing attribute that we see in mothers. 
And that is a good thing. There are also some more passages. Turn with me to Isaiah 66. As you turn to Isaiah 66, um, I'll read Isaiah 49:15. Can a woman forget her suckling child that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget, but yet will I not forget thee. This was speaking of God, the question of whether he was going to forget the children of Israel, even as he was taking them through some very difficult times. Isaiah 66, verse 13. As one whom his mother comforteth, so will I comfort you, and ye shall be comforted in Jerusalem. It seemed like often when the question was asked in the Old Testament of whether God had forgotten or would forget the children of Israel at some point, the analogy was used of that of a mother and whether she would remain loyal, whether she would forget her children. And then and then God says there, as we saw in Isaiah forty nine, fifteen, it is possible. Unlikely, but it is possible for a mother to forget her children, but that God never would. But I believe when it comes to godly mothers, they will never forget their children. They will stick up for their children. They will do what's best for their children. But this doesn't mean that there aren't struggles. And turn with me to Luke chapter 2. There are many struggles that come with being a mother. I can't relate. I can only observe from the outside, as all fathers can. Luke chapter 2, beginning at verse 48. And this is when Jesus was left behind in Jerusalem, and Joseph and Mary returned to find him. And when they saw him, they were amazed, and his mother said unto him, Son, why hast thou thus dealt with us? Behold, thy father and I have sought thee sorrowing. And he said unto them, How is it that ye sought me? Wist not that I must be about my father's business? And they understood not the saying which he spake unto them. And he went down with them and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them. But his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. So we see even the mother of Jesus had struggles. And at times didn't understand but yet and in that case she put it in her heart and and i believe what it meant by that is that she put it in god's hands to say i don't understand completely but i'm going to trust god and there's times as mothers you have to do the same you've done your best you've tried to understand but there's still times where you don't when we look through the Bible, we find more examples of mothers who with struggles. Eve's first child, the first mother, the first child, would go on to become a murderer. What's worse than that? What's worse than having a son who becomes a murderer? Rebecca's children, Isaac and Rebecca, Rebecca's children started fighting already while they were in the womb. And there would be very little peace in their home. One son would marry ungodly women. The other would have to flee for his life. I'm also sure that Samson was a disappointment to his mother. 
for going and marrying a non-Jew. But Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Mothers, be careful not to misunderstand this passage to think that if a child rebels or walks away from God, that you trained them wrong. Now, if you didn't train them at all and they walk away from God, that you may have some responsibility. But if you trained him, taught him, showed by your own life, walking with God, I believe that a child, when they become an adult, will never forget. They can try to run as far away from God, live ungodly lives, but their conscience will always be there at times to remind them what they were taught. And so it is important to teach, to bring them up to know God. I found a list of mothers in the Bible, and I like the description. Some of them I tweaked a little bit, and some of the list I changed a bit. But I wanted some uh, feedback from you, especially the children. If the children have the answer, that's fine. If we don't hear it from the children, we'll go to the adults. But I have t- um, ten examples here, and there may be more than one right answer. Who was the mother who waited? Can you think of a mother who waited? And they didn't just wait a few months, a few years, many, many years. Hannah waited. Sarah. I have three more names. Elizabeth. Rachel. Mm-hmm. I had one more, and there probably are more, but these are just the ones that came to mind when I was studying. One we often don't think about that I was reminded of in the last year was Rebecca also waited, I think, quite a few years for Jacob, do I have the names right? Jacob and Esau to be born. Very good. So from those women, take heart. If you have to wait a while for an answer from God, from what you believe maybe is a promise from God, what God has you feel where he's led you, and yet you have to wait. There are godly examples in the Old Testament of women who did the same. I'm sure they were looked down upon by a society that most likely valued having children, and not having children was considered a curse. The second one, the mother who endured. This one's a little harder. Does an adult have an idea? And and some of these, just because the name got used in a previous one doesn't mean it can't be used again. Sarah, yes. This one's a little harder because it's not one you often think of, but I I liked it when, when I got thinking it through. I got this idea, like I said, from someone else. Hagar. 
we as Christians often don't have much, don't necessarily think positively on Hagar. But if you think about it, both Abraham and Sarah put her in that difficult situation. And I thought it would be interesting to talk to someone who has come through the bloodline of Hagar, who is now a Christian. Their view is probably a little bit different when they think of Hagar, but she went through difficult times, and she wanted to give up. But yet she listened to God and, I believe, raised Ishmael to the best of her ability. Even though at that time Ishmael was not a part of God's plan for the children of Israel, later through Jesus, God would once again open up a path for the descendants of Hagar to have an opportunity to become part of God's family. The third one is mothers who had to share. What's that? Hannah. Hannah? Jacobed? There's at least one more, but I mean, I'm saying there may be many more, but there's at least one more that the one that the, the two ladies I had down. Yes, Rachel and Leah. They had to share a husband, they had to share all his possessions and much grief. But yet, they are the mothers, you could say, of the children of Israel, the 12 tribes of Israel. Number four, a mother who had a plan. Jacobed, yes. I would hope that each one of you, if your child was threatened with death just for being born, would do, would go to whatever length you could, ethically, but to find a way. But yes, she had it. She made a plan, and God blessed her in that. Number four. Well, I wanted to say there. Are, hopefully, none of you. I, mean, I don't believe any of you have ever had to be in that situation. But there's lots of planning mothers have to do. Planning how to get the clothes made, sewed, uh, the canning and the freezing so that your family has food on the table. So even though you don't have to go to that extreme to be in that dangerous situation, you have to plan. Number five, a mother, number five, the mother who followed the rules. And I'm going to give you a clue. It's God's rules. Any guesses? Samson's mother. She and her husband followed God's plan for her son to be a Nazarite. Unfortunately, Samson failed, like I mentioned earlier. I'm sure it was a great sadness with all that she did in raising him to then have him go and marry a woman outside of the children of Israel. Number six, 
This one's easy, so I'm going to hopefully the children, one of the younger children can answer this. The mother-in-law who shared her faith. Who is the mother-in-law who shared her faith? I'm going to pick a name. Stuart. Naomi. Very good. What can you learn from her as mothers, mother-in-laws? Is that no matter how difficult your circumstances may be, God can be... Glory, you can give glory to God through your life. And she did by her faithfulness. You could say she made mistakes that led up to her time of losing her husband and her sons. But obviously she was faithful. Obviously her life still was a witness to her daughter-in-law. And so each of you may have opportunities, I'm sure you do, of sharing your faith. Number seven, the mother who kept her promise. Hannah. I'm sure that this had to be difficult. It wasn't necessarily easy. Yes, she wanted a child. And she may have later, in a human way, regretted her promise. But yes, she was faithful. God was faithful to her, and she was faithful in keeping that promise. You as mothers, if you make a promise in, in, in sincerely and in good motives to God, keep those promises, and I believe God will reward you. Think of what God was able to use, how he was able to use her child, Samuel, mightily. Number eight, the mother who believed in miracles. They gave one answer. I believe there's at least two right answers to this. That would be a good answer. That isn't the one they had. But um, the one they had was Elizabeth. um, In that her son John the Baptist would be born. But yes... The mother whose son was raised from the dead also believed in miracles. Number nine, the mother who was blessed among women. There's only one right answer to this in the way I uh, said it. Mary. Very good. Psalms 127.3 says, Lo, children are a heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. Yes, bearing children, being a mother, is not a walk in the park. But we see here in this scripture that God views being a mother as a reward. And so I hope that each of you view it similarly. That yes, there are difficult times. There are struggles. In the middle of the night when one of your children are teething, they don't feel like a reward in that moment. But I hope as you view your motherhood overall and as you look back that you view it as a privilege and a blessing 
The last one, number 10, the mother whose son became a minister. I haven't heard from any of the children in the back. Maybe they're too young. Maybe that's why, but... Okay, an adult. The mother whose son became a minister. Eunice. Yes. And in that passage, or in that scripture, turn with me to 2 Timothy chapter 1. Second Timothy chapter one verses two through eight. To Timothy, my dearly beloved son, grace, mercy, and peace from the God, the Father and Christ Jesus our Lord. I thank God whom I serve my from my forefathers with pure conscience that without ceasing I have remembrance of thee in my prayers night and day, greatly desiring to see thee, being mindful of thy tears, that I may be filled with joy. When I call to remembrance the unfeigned faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am persuaded that in thee also. Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Be not thou therefore ashamed of the testimony of our Lord, nor of me his prisoner, but be thou partaker of the afflictions of the gospel according to the power of God." You, as mothers, can have a lasting legacy. And it may not show through or it may not be recognized at the time. We don't know that Lois was necessarily recognized as a faithful mother publicly until she was a grandmother and it was recognized by Paul that that faithfulness of teaching, of instructing, of a pointing the children to God led to Timothy's faithfulness. And so you as mothers, as you teach, as you instruct by example in your lives, can make a lasting difference in your children. Whether your children grow up to be a minister, a deacon, a missionary, or maybe just a carpenter, plumber, or farmer, any one of those things, God can use faithful men And so, mothers, you have a great opportunity. And then the last passage I wanted to look at today is in 1 Peter chapter 3. First Peter chapter 3, beginning at verse 1. Likewise, you wives, be in subjection to your own husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also may without the word be won by the conversation of the wives, while they behold your chaste conversation coupled with fear, whose adorning let it be outward adorning of the plating of hair and wearing of gold or plating of apparel, but let it be the hidden man of the heart, in that which is not corruptible, even the ornament of a meek and quiet spirit, which is in the sight of God of great price. For after this manner... 
in the old time, the holy women also who trusted in God adorned themselves, being in subjection of their own husbands, even as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, whose daughters ye are, as long as ye do well and are not afraid with any amazement. This morning, women, whether you are mothers or not, whether you're married or not, I believe you can learn from this passage and be challenged that the world says you need fancy apparel, you need jewelry, you need to have your hair done real fancy, you need all these things to be found beautiful. But mothers, women that are married without children, and single women, God has called each one of you to be beautiful, to be honoring and bringing glory to him through what's inside. And as mothers, it may be difficult. You have little children that are pulling on your hair and messing up your house. And the world says, well, you need to have a neat house. You need to have all these things. But yet, remember what God looks on. God looks on the heart. He looks on the inside of what is makes a good mother, a good woman. And so I hope that as you raise your children, serve your husbands through putting food on the table, realize what is important in God's eyes and not important in man's eyes. What is important eternally, what will be remembered eternally, is not necessarily what the world looks on, but to remember to be faithful and thank each one of you for what you do in raising children to know the Lord. I hope it's a blessing to you what I shared this morning. Let's all stand for a closing prayer. Father, we come to you this morning. We thank you that we were able to gather again this morning. Thank you, Lord, for each one that's here. Thank you for the safety, the health, and strength that you've given us. We think of those, Lord, that are still without work. Lord, those that have chosen to stay home this morning to protect others or themselves because of their age. And I just pray you'd bless them especially. Help them to remain encouraged, even though they're not able to be here this morning. And I pray, Lord, that eventually we could all be able to come back together. I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity and the service this morning. Bless each one that's here. Help us, Lord, to be an encouragement, a witness to our neighbor, a family member who doesn't know you, doesn't serve you, that through our attitude, our trusting you, lack of fear, that we could be a light, Lord, in a world that's growing darker. Help us, Lord, today to be faithful. And just bless the mothers, Lord, as they do their work, often invisible to the world around them. Give them strength. Give them wisdom, Lord, as they raise their families. I just pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.